0: This podcast is supported by Banca Transylvania. Hello, everyone, dear friends. Welcome back to Sporty Talks. Sporty Talks is the place where we look at sports, we, we take it apart, we see what's, uh, what's up with each part and trying to put it back. Hopefully, it still stays the same. I have the opportunity to talk to extraordinary people and today is no exception of that. I'm glad and I'm honored to have with me uh, Dorian Yates. Uh, he's six-time Mr. Olympian, professional bodybuilder, entrepreneur. Um, is a business person. He, he translated that experience from, uh, from sport to different parts of, uh, of the business and, uh, and uh, the life. And I'm very excited to have him here and to start a discussion with him. So, welcome, Dorian. Thanks, Virgil. Thanks for having me on, man.
1: Thank you very much for accepting my invitation. Uh, First of all, why are you in Romania? I'm in Romania because uh, my company, DY Nutrition, we have uh, offices here and a team here for Europe. So I've been here coming back and forth for the last four years. Okay. And we just actually had the DY Games, which is... uh, uh, to promote sports and health and fitness in Romania because apparently uh, The gym attendance in Romania is a little bit behind the rest of Europe So we're just trying to promote it here and uh, have some fun So we had uh, the games on Saturday People from all over Romania coming to compete in the games and having fun So uh, that's it I'm trying to promote uh, you know, bodybuilding but just sports and health and fitness in general So um for for our audience to to know you you are one of the
0: greats of professional bodybuilder, and um, you're all right there with um, um, Ronnie Coleman, Arnold, uh, Lee Haney, Phil, and and but but for some people you changed this you changed the game, and you're you're one of the most admired uh, figures of bodybuilding because you brought different. Vision of the of the of the game, but let's start. To, let, let's start with the beginning. Yeah. Let's start.
1: Why bodybuilding?
0: How how did you get into that?
1: I got into bodybuilding. Uh, first time I lifted weights, I was actually uh, first I was doing karate. Okay. Because I was a um, huge fan of Bruce Lee, as many people were back in the in the mid '70s. I had Bruce Lee on the wall and all that stuff, and I wanted to be like Bruce Lee and. Jump over buildings and all this stuff that we saw in the movies. So I went to do karate and uh, When I was doing karate they had a small place with the weights in there and I started lifting weights and um, It's hard to describe. It's just like uh, this was me This was my destiny. I love the weights and I was suited to it. You know like uh, yourself you played basketball uh, because you liked it but because also because you have some innate uh, ability there so i responded very well to the weights and i loved pushing my body i loved the the fact that it was uh, based on discipline and most of all i think because it's very individual it's all about you like on a team uh, maybe there can be a player that's not so good and he lets you down or something like this but on bodybuilding it's it's all you it's your body it's up to you what you eat You're the one that's going to do the training. And now it's a little bit different because now people do have coaches and they do have nutritionists and and so on. Uh, But we didn't have any of that. So I was forced to, also we didn't have the internet. So I had to get magazines, I had to get books, I had to read on nutrition. I had to do all this stuff myself. So I had to do all the research myself, I had to do all the training. So I felt like when I got to the competition, win or lose, it's down to me. And up to that point, I think in my life, I felt that other people let me down, maybe. So I wanted to be in control of everything. So all around it, it just physically and mentally, it was well suited to me. I was almost made to be a bodybuilder. Mm. I I read that you came from a different background.
0: And when you started, you came from some unfortunate
1: events. Yeah. So that took you out of there maybe maybe unfortunate maybe not unfortunate well, yeah maybe fortunate ultimately it, of it led me down this path uh I left home when I was 16 so I was like living at a friend's place or you know I had no real stability and I uh, was in a gang with just nothing serious like you get now but uh, in a gang with some friends and we get into fights with other gangs or stuff like that you know And uh, I ended up spending a few months in a detention center. And in there, the 300 people, I was the one with the best physique. I was the one who could lift the most weights. And because of this, I was treated differently by everybody, by the guys in there, but not only that, by the, the authorities, the officers, and they treated me a bit different with a bit more respect. And actually, a couple of guys in there said, listen, Yates, we can see you don't belong in here you know you're different from these guys you don't belong in here and they got something here that you can do something with so that was kind of a turning point point. and um, even when i left the dissension center i was not really in a position to to pursue this i had to get a job i had to get an apartment i had to get stability in my life so it took a bit of time but i had this in my mind i'm going to do bodybuilding and this is a positive thing to put my energy into and it's gonna lead me somewhere positive. That was pretty much it at the time. I didn't think, oh, I'm gonna be Mr. Olympia. Maybe deep down I could be dreaming that, but I didn't wanna even say it to myself. I just wanted to do step by step. And uh, I started bodybuilding, competed after about a year and a half's training. And uh, all the people from the, the Federation, the judges, the officials, well, I like in shock because they're like, who, who are you? Where did you come from? And uh, why are you in this uh, novice class? It's like a class for beginners. Uh, ah, because I'm a novice and I, I don't think I'm good enough to be in the you know, the main class yet. And they're, they're practically laughing at me. They said, we've got news for you, kid. You're probably the best heavyweight bodybuilder we've got in the country. We don't have anyone like you. So... From my first competition, I went two weeks later to a world uh, championship. So, uh, okay, I'm on the right path here. So that's when when the switch happened from from lifting weights to bodybuilding. Uh, I I always wanted to do bodybuilding. What we did in the the detention center was basically powerlifting, squat, deadlift, bench press. Um, But I always wanted to do bodybuilding. I saw the bodybuilders in the magazines. And how amazing their physique was, and uh, that's what I wanted to do. You know, lifting weights is is the training that you do to build a body, but it's different from from actually weightlifting or powerlifting. You're using the weights as a tool to put stress on the muscles to develop the physique, rather than I need to lift this weight from point A to point B. So, it's a bit different from uh, weightlifting. You're comparing our sports,
0: and you know, I played against the. Uh, an opponent all the time. You know, it's a game with team, with others. Yeah. You played all the time against yourself. Yes. And and that type of training that you did, it's just work. It's not. I mean, where is the fun? You know, okay. uh, I'm sure you have it. But but uh, but it's it's like especially your type of work because we'll, we'll discuss about that later a little bit because it was a little different. But just over and over. And you see first improvement, but after that you stop.
1: Well, uh, most people do, yeah. But it's a matter of uh, learning how to train correctly so that you can keep progressing. And the nearer you get to your ultimate potential, whatever that is, did I reach it? I think I got pretty close. But anyway, the nearer you get to that ultimate potential, the slower the gains are going to be. You know, the first year you're going to react because you're not used to this training and and this is what i see with a lot of people they go to the gym for the first six months or 12 months they get some results because the body's not used to this stress of training but it adapts very quickly then it gets resistant it doesn't want to your body doesn't want to change it wants to keep balance you know so then it gets resistant and then you have to really know what you're doing you have to really be able to push and um it's not about the amount of time you spend in training, maybe martial arts or basketball or something like that. You need to put a lot of hours in because you're practicing a specific skill with, with weight training, with bodybuilding. You're not doing that. You're breaking your body down. You're putting stress on it. And the best way to train, in my opinion, and I think this is backed by science, is very intense but brief training. So I never train for more than one hour. And never more than four or four days a week on average okay so people are amazed oh you're the best in the world but you're only trained for four hours yes but it's very intense training and then the rest of the job is outside the gym you're going to have to eat six meals a day you need to eat this amount of protein you need to meet this amount of calories you need to get eight nine ten hours of sleep a day you need to control your stress levels because if you're stressed you don't recover from the training and there's many aspects outside of the gym and uh <clears throat> you know maybe golf or basketball or football you can go to training and you do your training and then you go home it's finished bodybuilding is not it's like following you 24 hours a day Uh i would never maybe i took things to the extreme i'm sure i did but uh, it worked for me I, I would never go out at night if i was going to get back after 11 o'clock if it was a social occasion and in the family and it was no, I wouldn't do it. If it was a movie, I wouldn't do it. I have to be home at this time because I have to be in bed at this time. <clears throat> and I did it to the extreme, probably more than anyone else. But then I was also the guy that was winning. Right.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I think there is no
1: balance in
0: the highest level performance. There's no like balance in can't. being,
1: you want to be the best in the world at something. How is that balanced? That's totally not balanced. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you can't be... Uh, competing at this st- extreme and, and think, oh, I'm going to have a balanced life. If you want a balanced life, okay, that's good. But you're not going to be extremely good at one thing because you need to put so much energy and so much focus into this one thing uh, to be the best in the world. I, I'm not expert on basketball, but I know there's outstanding players and I can bet it was because they put more in mentally than, definitely. than somebody else. Definitely. Because at that level, everyone's good. All the top level
0: athletes are having a work ethic. I had, I, I was telling you before the podcast started that um, I had an episode with uh, Gary Kasparov, yeah. and I asked him, "Hey, listen, you're the Zeus of chess, like you're the best of the best. What got you there? Uh, talent or work?" Yeah. And he was looking at me and said, "Well, work is talent. To be able to work that much." on yourself, on, on everything, on your craft, on your skills, on everything you do, it's part of who you need to be to become that one.
1: To be the best, yeah, I'm sure that any any pursuit, chess, sport, all the guys are good at the, at the top level. They're all right. gifted. They all have some gift or was, wouldn't be there. So what separates them at this point from one to two or three is going to be the the work, it's going to be the, the focus the absolute focus so you know a friends say to me oh it's nice to hang out with you now because when you're in the room you're in the room years ago we used to be in the room with you but we knew that your head's somewhere else you're not even in the room even though your body's there but your mind's uh, thinking about the training about the diet or something else all the time is uh, it's an obsession is that healthy maybe not but you know, <laughs> being the best in the world is uh, something very unusual that not most people are going to achieve. Dorian, when it became
0: addictive to, to grow like that, because your your uh, focus was to be the biggest. Yes. Like, uh, besides the, <clears throat> the, pres- the, the the ones before you, uh, you wanted to be the biggest one, uh, physically the biggest. So when it became that addictive to to just push it to the extreme, and maybe you, you know, you get to points in where you use steroids or or things like that that, you know, it's a sacrifice.
1: Yeah, it is a sacrifice. And it's, uh, you know, let's let's be honest, it's, uh, you know, it's part of the game. It's not if or maybe there is no there are no professional bodybuilders that don't use steroids. They don't exist. You know, like uh, basketball players wear basketball shoes. Nobody's on the court with a bare feet. Huh? Uh, You know or there's no models going on stage without the makeup. So it's part of the game It's not just bodybuilding. It's any sports where muscle strength and power is going to be an advantage And we're talking about extremely driven people Extremely driven they're gonna do whatever it takes to be successful in their sport. So steroids are a part of it and uh, they do have possible negative uh, health consequences So for me, it was like, um, you know, I'm going to weigh it up. And I remember when I turned professional. So I'm the best amateur bodybuilder in my country. Now I can be eligible to go to professional contests. That's how it works. Like any sport. You can't just say, hey, I want to enter the world (laughs) boxing champion. You have to make your way there. So that's how you do it. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to go now to the pro ranks, which was at that time and still is to a degree very much us-based so i'm going to go to the us to compete with the guys the us bodybuilding was totally dominated at that time in 80s and 90s now it's more international so i'm going to go and compete in my first pro show if i don't get in the top five that's telling me i don't have what it takes to be really like competitive and do the best in this sport so if i don't get in the top five i'm finished with this aspect I'll continue to train, but I don't want to be, you know, taking the risk with steroids. I don't want to be sacrificing everything and all the time and all the, you know, things that I'm putting aside. And not only that, I was married with a young son, so they're losing time with you and focus and and, and everything like that. It interferes with your family life. So I had to justify it. And, uh, you know, history shows I got second in my first pro show and I got uh, recognized by Joe Weider, who was... The, the mogul of bodybuilding who produced the most, the best-selling magazines and everything like that. So if you're going to make it in bodybuilding, you need to be in the Weeder magazines. And he saw me in my first uh, professional show in New York and flew me out to California to do the photo shoot to get on the magazines, which is every bodybuilder's dream. So, okay, I made it. I got what it takes. Now, can I be the best was the next question.
0: Let's talk about the, the inner game. What's what was in your head? Because uh, in, in this type of sport that that you you've been through, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of war in your head. Yeah, a lot of uh, you know all the time trying to push yourself to to be there, to be present, to to have confidence. To it, it's that game in your head. How how did you deal with that? Not because only, uh, you didn't have a
1: lot of sport. It's not a just about in bodybuilding. It's not just about the training. You know, you've got to psych yourself up for the training. You've got to have your goals. You've got to push yourself. But to get into shape for a bodybuilding contest is very contradictory goals. As you said, I wanted to be the biggest and most muscular. But I also wanted to be a walking anatomy chart with less than 3% body fat. So you build muscle and have no body fat at the same time is very contradictory goals, very difficult to achieve. And you're talking about... Two or three months of the year where you're just you're constantly hungry. And you can't eat that food. You have to stick to this uh you know. Uh, and it's gonna be hard and it's gonna be very uncomfortable. So to answer the question, I think you have to um I'm always trying to be logical and realistic. I want this. This is what it's gonna take to get there, logically. I'm gonna have to sacrifice, I'm gonna be hungry to get there. Is my desire to get to this goal greater than the temporary discomfort of the pain of training, of feeling hungry or feeling tired? Yes, it is. So I'm going to do it. And then once I've locked that door, I've locked that door and not, I'm not going to break it. So you found for yourself a
0: different type of training to be huge. And also like with yeah, definition, it's, of, a,
1: of that. it's not that I pulled it out of the air totally. There was already um, people that were promoting and looking at the science behind uh, muscle building and training and the conclusion was the key what's the key it's the intensity of the exercise so that you're pushing that particular exercise and those muscle groups to the point of failure where they can't lift anymore but you need to recover from this so you need to keep those sessions brief fairly brief in my uh, opinion Nobody should ever be weight training more than one hour a day. Very hard, very intense, but do it, send the signal, then you get out, then your job is to recover from that training, which is the rest of the work. You know, sleeping, eating, making sure you've got enough protein, enough calories and all these things.
0: You you pushed it and you became the best. Yeah. And the first time was in 92,
1: right? 1992 was the first time I won and 1993 was... Uh, a landmark in bodybuilding that people the physique that i presented on the second mr olympia was like wow this is something we haven't seen before that's why they called me the game changer because it basically changed the game of bodybuilding to like you need to be bigger and more muscular and extremely conditioned and you need to put all that together so it was a you know it was a step up in the evolution and the standard of bodybuilding whether that's good or bad can debate it, but it's not debatable that it was a a big change. So how come, how come in bodybuilding,
0: like athletes like yourself dominated through time, like you had six years, others had periods of five, eight, whatever, things like
1: that? Uh, Well, there's a few factors which make a champion. And uh, one of them is genetics. You know you're very tall this is genetics yeah. uh, I have uh, a good structure for bodybuilding uh, long muscle bellies on most of the 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 body parts so there tends to be one dominant person or there has been in each area so 1970s Arnold Schwarzenegger was dominant for most of that era he, he finished in 75 and he completed in 80 again but anyway we can say the 70s belonged to Arnold he was head and shoulders above everybody. 1980s was uh, Lee Haney, who won eight times. Maybe one or two was a bit close, but he he won eight titles. And uh, I competed against him in my first Mr. Olympia and got second, but then he retired the next year. And that's when my reign started. Um, And also, when you're the champion, you have a little edge, maybe psychologically, in everybody's mind, including the judges. So, this guy is a champion. We need to say somebody better than this guy. Not close, better. So, you have a little psychological edge that, on being the champion already. You use that through your career, the psychological oh, yeah. edge, because yeah, I, I read about the shadow. The shadow was me being me. You know, <laughs> I just was shy and I didn't like publicity and I didn't like talking. I didn't want to go on TV. I didn't want to talk to anybody because that's my personality. But, but it Turned into an image and a tool. And I realized that. I realized, hey, all these guys, they pretty much know each other. A lot of them trained in the gold gym in Venice, California. So they see each other on a daily basis. Oh, this guy's having a bad day today. He had a fight with his wife or something. They didn't know anything about me. And they didn't see me. So then you're not going to see me until the contest. So you're already creating a monster in your mind. You know, <laughs> Over the year, over there. What's this guy doing? What's he going to look like? You're thinking about me. I'm not really thinking about you. So uh, there's a little psychological edge, of course. All these things add up, but at the end of the day, if I don't turn up with the goods, it's not of really going to help me, you know. Of course, to prove yourself, every time you showed up to a contest, then yeah.
0: Maybe sometimes you you applied for it or not, and or you, know, you know you just showed up. Getting
1: ready for a bodybuilding contest, you can look at uh, you know any of these guys, including myself. Uh, your body doesn't react exactly the same always all the time, you know, so you have one year Maybe it was a little bit better and the next year a little bit uh, Less and maybe a guy got close to you this year, you know, so it's It it's not an exact science that every time it will come exactly the same There's always some different challenges to, to deal with or maybe you have an injury this year That you didn't have last year and you need to change the training or compromise something so it's always a different challenge each year how how did the the bodybuilding
0: evolved today because you're you're very involved in it you're you have a gym you have uh, the nutrition part of dy nutrition yeah. you're you're very into it
1: into the i'm industry. into you know what i'm into i'm into uh what i learned from bodybuilding which can apply to um to the masses, if you like, to everybody. What did I learn that can help you and can help everybody to improve their life physically and mentally? I'm not really uh, working that much with professional bodybuilders or professional bodybuilding competition. I like to pass my knowledge on and help as many people as I can. And uh, if your body is working better and it's functioning better and you're stronger, this also affects a lot the mind, you know? And uh, I've worked with a lot of people and uh, they come to me and say, listen, literally, you changed my life. I I feel healthier, but not just physically, mentally. And you know, when you go to the gym and you have a challenge and you're going to lift this weight, it's like a microcosm of life. You're going to have challenges. How are you going to react? when you have that challenge. And if you lift this weight and you manage to lift this weight and it was a challenge and you lift it and you put it back and you feel good, you feel strong, physically, mentally. I've overcome that hurdle. If I overcome that hurdle, I can overcome another hurdle. So it help, helps in life as well, mentally, as well as you know, you've know. got a better functioning body, it's always gonna be a good thing.
0: This podcast is powered by Mastercard. You came. You overcome a lot of hurdles, and one of uh, one of which was retirement. Yeah. After your last title, you you broke some muscles. You had some injuries. You still won the the competition, but after that, you went to the other life, the afterlife.
1: Yeah. Well, this is a, a huge challenge that I think anyone that's super focused on anything. I mean, I know sports people so i use that as an example but it probably applies to anything where you've had this all consuming goal all consuming all your energy all your thoughts all your spirit is going in a tunnel like this towards your goal now it's gone who am i what do i do what's my purpose all these questions come up and you know there's a brain chemistry behind this as well about training and competing uh you know you're releasing massive amounts of dopamine in your brain Uh, so you're on kind of a high because you're on this challenge and now it's gone away and many people run into problems with that i mean the best sports people you you can think about uh, mike tyson sugar ray leonard uh, people like this they get into to drugs and and whatever because you're looking you're looking, where is that high gone? So you're looking for something to replace it. And uh, I went down that road as well, and I thought, hey, I didn't have no fun when I was competing, I was just doing this, now I'm gonna have fun. So for a while until I found a balance, and I said, hey, instead of focusing on what I lost, oh, I lost my goal, and I don't know, what about what you gained? You're already a champion. You've done that and now the whole world is your oyster. You know what if you wanted to go to bed at 4 a.m You can go do that if you want to eat this pizza You can do that you can travel when you want to you have more freedom So I started to turn it around and see it from a different point of view, but I gotta say it was very tough for at least uh, a Couple of years for sure uh, Studies show that it's, <clears throat> it's an
0: athlete's first death Yeah, because it's a, it's a lifespan like you know, you you will start your your skill and you become better. You became
1: the best, and after that you die. Yeah, it's, it's, you haven't least really the right purpose. There. What is my purpose now? Actually, who am I? Because you get molded by what you do as well. I mean, I'm a representative for professional bodybuilding now. Everybody's looking at me. I represent professional bodybuilding, so I better conduct myself like this or. Like, you know, I better do that. But is that really you? Who are you now without this? Without this, uh, you know, uh, outfit, who are you? So that was the, the question. And yeah, I struggled with uh, pretty severe depression. So looking that. back, looking back in your
0: transition, what is something you worked on and you're still working on? A challenge that, you know, that, 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 um, Ego, that uh, drive, that extreme drive that you had and you're talking about. And how, how did that? Because sometimes, you know, us as athletes, we're going through things. Like, you know, you have some, some hurdles, as you name them, and you just jump them or you just blast them. Yeah. But in real life, maybe it's okay to take a left, you know, and not, just, you know, when when is, when is not ego and when is just smart of going around?
1: Well, I realized I have a, you know, um, an unusual ability to focus. I can focus on a subject only if I'm interested in it, and I can absorb everything about it, and I can read all the books, and I can do. If I'm not interested, I won't, nothing will happen. So I say, uh, how do I re- re- redirect that focus? And I was fascinated about how big, how muscular can I build my physique, and all that, everything that goes into that. Now I'm interested in what's the human potential physically, mentally, spiritually, what can we become? I think we're only just scratching the surface now of uh, of what we can become and what we can achieve through our thoughts and our focus of thoughts. You know, I wanted to be this biggest bodybuilder in the world and through this focus I was able to achieve that. So I think we can achieve many things, and I think we are not—we're only just now starting to understand the human potential and the potential to tap into the body and to manipulate it, and to tap into the mind and manipulate it. You know, we have a lot of uh, knowledge now about the, the breathing, how breathing affects the body, and and heat and and cold and uh, different physical exercises, different diets, different supplements. Um, I'm sixty now. So how can I have and continue to have a very good quality of life as I get older? And what's the potential of my mind and uh, 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 the spirit? So that's where I'm at now. I'm using the same kind of focus, but in a different way. And all of that information that I'm trying to gather on that is not just for me to win a competition. It's for me to share with as many people as I can and help them in their struggle and uh, their... Uh, depression and their doubts and and try to show them what can be done you know it's, I think human potential is unlimited we are only just starting to understand it so I so you you went into different
0: directions as well as yoga and and work your 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 craft in different ways so what are some of your fun findings because you, you share them not only with
1: professionals it's yeah. not about that it's about oh. life right yeah, I just share them with uh, whoever's interested so, um, <clears throat> I've done quite a lot of work on, uh, meditation practices and, uh, breath work and, uh, you know, yoga, Pilates, things like that. So I'm combining that with what I already know about strength training. So on the physical level to, to build and maintain muscle mass is probably a key health marker. Now we didn't know, no, even probably, I didn't know this 30 years ago, but. Muscle mass is the biggest organ in your body. And as you get older, it starts to decline. And we start to get age-related diseases like diabetes and arthritis and things like that. And that can be offset by building the muscle mass back. If you're 50, 60 years old and you've got the muscle mass of a 30-year-old, your health outcome is going to be way better. And uh, the potential of the mind to actually create your own... Reality and attract things into your life uh, that's on the same frequency, if you like. Uh, that's what I believe. Whatever you put out, the, life becomes a mirror of your own thoughts and intentions and emotions. It feeds back to you the same thing. Yeah. It, it kept in my mind what, what you
0: said a little bit earlier that, you know, um, on your time of bodybuilding, you know, it was very individual game. Yeah, like you didn't have internet, you didn't have coaches, you didn't have stuff like that around you. Me in basketball, I I, I played in a team sport. Yeah, and when when did team become okay for you? Because you know you, you switch to business to a different type of life where you need others. Yeah, and it's okay to ask for help or to say, hey, you know, I can you know depend on you. Yeah, oh, and I'm sure that was hard for you.
1: That's a slow process. It was a slow process. <laughs> a slow right? process, yeah. And uh now I'm good at it, you know, and uh I I was a great bodybuilder, the best in the world at one point, but I don't consider myself to be a great uh, businessman or entrepreneur uh but some of the people I work with are better than me. So, you know, that's what you have to do. Uh surround yeah. yourself with a with a team. I, I went to university for 10 years to study bodybuilding. I didn't go to university to study uh, business. So I work with people that, that have that uh, knowledge and we work together. So I got a good team of people I'm working with now. I'm really, uh, really happy and a uh, great team here in Romania, in Bucharest. Okay.
0: Ooh, going back, going back to Dorian Yates when he was
1: 20, what would you tell him? I would tell him, uh, you're right, Okay. you're right, you're going to be, you are different and you're going to be something very unusual and you know it, you already know this and um, maybe I did go back and tell myself because I always knew that uh, I was destined for something different, whatever was going on when I was a teenager and getting into trouble and this and that i knew it was like inside i knew it was just a temporary situation i'm just playing here for a minute but i'm going to get serious soon uh you know i grew up with my friend i remember we used to work on the roofs together you know doing the roofs and he'd be asking the guy about roofing and how'd you do this and that because he's thinking ahead hey maybe i'm gonna do this and i'll have my own business one day it's not asking any questions or anything because i'm just here for a minute Just here for a minute, getting some wages and I'm doing something else soon. So why would I be asking questions? So I knew that I was going to do something different. And when I got bodybuilding, I was like, this is it. But initially, when I first started, I didn't know how good I was going to be. I was thinking I would like to be maybe, maybe, maybe British champion. that would be huge if I can be British champion and open my own gym and make a living from what I really enjoy doing and don't work for anybody else. That was already a victory for me, but obviously it went much further than that, step by step. You've been in a,
0: in a period of time when bodybuilding it was underrated. I, it, it didn't get all the attention in the world and, and you're on the top, and, but you're still like your superstar. And how did you deal with that, with that status and with that,
1: uh, with that thing that nobody prepared you for? No. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I was a fan at first. So I was a huge fan of the bodybuilders, and you know all the pros at that point, they were they were from the US. But they would come to the UK, like every month, pretty much, there was a top professional from US coming and doing seminar talk or something like that, so you could go and see. And maybe gym is more popular now, and there are also a lot of categories in bodybuilding, if you like, this, I don't know how many different women's classes now, many women's classes before there was just one women's bodybuilding now you've got bikini and women's fitness and wellness and bodybuilding and physique and the same thing with the men's classes there's many different categories you've got the physique uh, men's physique where they wear shorts because it's like a beach body then you've got the classic physique and then you've got bodybuilding so all in all the whole thing's bigger but just purely in bodybuilding i would say that in the 90s it was the most popular because everybody wanted to be a bodybuilder and there was no uh MMA, there was no CrossFit, there was no, none of these things were available. So all the guys wanted to be bodybuilders and there was no internet, just magazines. So you see the guys in the magazines, they almost become mythical, non-human entities. And when you see them, it's like, wow. So we were really like rock stars. I mean, literally you go to a town and like, you're like a rock star. Everybody's wants to meet you. A lot of girls want to meet you, all this stuff. Have going on, um, but I was always very aware. I, I, I'm just going to go, and I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to get paid, and I'm going to move on. I'm not going to get distracted. I'll save that for later, you know. So you had
0: that that discipline.
1: Yeah, I had that discipline, no matter what. Uh, and some of the other guys didn't, and I would reserve that, and I'm like, okay, no. that's one weakness I've observed in you, which I'm not doing so i have an advantage of you psychologically already i, I remember before our term pro i, ju- I was british champion and just due to turn pro and i met a guy at the time that was a superstar in bodybuilding he came to uk and we were together at one contest doing an appearance and i went to speak to him for well, five or ten minutes and i came back and i said to my wife this guy will never beat me she said oh, how do you know i said i know he'll never beat me I spoke to him. I, 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 I weighed it up. He can't beat me. No, <laughs>
0: you, you had. I, I read all about it. And I, I listened to you before to some some uh, interviews. You had that mental game all the time. You were like, Yeah, it's instinctive. It is not an accident that you've been six times on Mr. Olympia. I mean, that, that's not people don't understand that this is not only talent. Like you, yeah. you can get that only with
1: talent. It's, it's like the whole I, the whole whole nine yards. It's you've whole probably package. seen it yourself in, the, in, in your sport. You can have a guy that's very talented and a guy not so talented but he's prepared to do the work he's here you know right you, you, but, you, but at their level it's both like yeah you, everybody you, you is, everybody out. has the talent everybody's and, genetically and, and suited
0: i i think i, I until 95 percent, everybody works hard yeah i mean it's, it's not possible but that 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 tip tip the of the mountain it's also all native tip. but talent and
1: you know just just I believe that I was able to beat people that were arguably more naturally talented than myself because I made up for it with the, the hard work and the discipline that they maybe, uh, you know, and and sometimes when you're really talented and come, things come very easy, you don't develop that kind of uh, discipline and drive and hunger because it's coming easy anyway. Why should I do that, you know? Right. Hmm. Now now you're in a, in a part
0: of your life that, you you can mentor people, yeah. and uh, you can you know really be there and and change some game game changer in that sense like uh, help others understand what is the
1: danger of bodybuilding. There's no danger of bodybuilding. There's a danger in professional bodybuilding oh, yeah, <laughs> because be right. it's extreme. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, what's the danger in cycling? No danger in cycling, but. If you're in a tour de france and you're pushing your body to the limit and you're using performance enhancing drugs to push that further because everyone else is using them as well then then there's a danger there then there's a health risk which you have to weigh up and you have to to manage yeah um and you know thanks god i'm 60 years old i feel very healthy and uh, you know i continue to Look after my body, but I'm not trying to be this guy that I was. This is the problem. When guys get caught up in this is who I am, this huge muscular guy, and if I'm not this huge muscular guy anymore, no one's going to respect me or no one's going to love me or something like this. Yeah. So you, I, you know, I had to let go of that. I'm saying I'm going to lose weight, and I'm actually going to lose all this, not all this, but some of this muscle that I worked so hard for because it's not useful for me now. You know, I need to uh, be able to be mobile and I feel stiff now, I feel too heavy. And guys trying to maintain this type of physique and using steroids or whatever they're using into their 40s and 50s, this is where it's dangerous. And we see, uh, you know, we've seen some deaths from this in the sport. Yeah. Professionals and non-professionals. Yeah, I think, I think also people looking for shortcuts and there are no shortcuts. There is no shortcut but everyone's looking for a shortcut now because that's society you know uh you know women they do botox right they do face implants they do lip injections they do tits they do ass they do liposuction they do everything to change their appearance so guys are like hey why can't i take steroids to get a six pack quicker for the beach uh, what's the problem it's just a reflection of society, so yes, people are you in in when I was competing like well I got back into in the eighties you know it was a bit of a closed subject, and the general public certainly didn't know what steroids was, but some people in the sports and the bodybuilding they knew, but it was I remember asking some guys when I started training that oh, know it's like a you know we'll speak to you later when you've been training a bit longer, uh so put a bit of training in nutrition learn how your body works, then maybe if you're serious about it and you're going to go for a competition, then let's talk about it. Uh, But now, I mean, I would say 95% of people that take steroids are never even intending to go in a competition. And we're talking about women as well, you know, like just to stay in shape, they're taking steroids, which are derivatives of male hormones. For women, it's even worse possible consequences, but they want the look. And uh, they think about the consequences later.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a social thing, and uh, that, that's what we we said before that you know there are no no shortcuts, and and the key to success uh, it's it's discipline, it's routine, it's uh, it's something that not not many people can handle, you know, and that's why they they trying to take the back
1: door. And, yeah. And that's a whole different game there. But everything has a consequence and, uh, you know, the muscle size that you build using steroids, to a degree, you you can't maintain that when you're not taking them. So you have to, there's two things here. One, you've got to be prepared that uh, you're going to stop taking them and your physique is going to decline somewhat. Or two, you're just going to take them for the rest of your life. Which is the trap that uh, a lot of people get caught in because they don't want to go backwards. And if their sense of self uh, importance is tied up with being this big guy, of course, they don't want to give it up. It was almost a challenge for myself. I said, I'm going to lose weight on purpose because can I still be the same guy? Uh, I feel better and I'm showing other people, look, I'm getting older. And I'm in good shape because I'm taking care of myself and I'm working on my flexibility. I'm working on mobility. I'm working on cardio. I'm doing a little bit of weights to maintain my strength. And hopefully, uh, I'm inspiring other people that maybe were in the sport, but they're like, how do I transition out of this? And, uh, is it okay? Well, I did it. So now it becomes, I got a lot of guys now doing yoga that wouldn't dream of it before because I went and did it first. And I said, there's benefits to this guys, you know, this can be helpful. So the, you know, the stigma was taken away, I suppose, for a lot of people think, ah, that's just for women. That's what I would have thought as well when I was 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I, I've
0: been through that, uh, that, that issue in college, in States in, in or, uh, 2000, 90, 99, 2000, where after, after the season, the coach was like, so you guys go into yoga now? I'm like, come on, man! Seriously, yeah. we're not going to yoga. But as soon as we got there, like that thing was hard. It's I mean, hard it was because like, you're not used to it. I was it. like, really, like stop shaking. I'm like, yeah. man, I'm, I'm two zero eight, you know, six feet ten. I mean, it's, you know, some things are not natural to me. So I, I realized how serious that was.
1: Yeah, and uh, it, it helps in your life, you know, as you get older to be flexible and not having right. aches and pains, and your body's more balanced and there's a mental side to it as well, with the breathing and the relaxation. Uh, you know, your brain functions better when it's relaxed. When you're in a state of stress, it's literally, you can't do anything. You can't think straight because you're, just, you're, you're in a survival uh, mode. So it takes you out of that meditation uh, and yoga. Meditation is more the breathing and the mind, and the yoga is combining that with, uh, with movement as well.
0: Looking back to my career, I'm, I'm missing two things. I'm missing the the competition. You know that that feeling when yeah. you step on the court, and for me, it's like walking tall in there. Like you know, you go on and it's such a different. The people people might never understand that feeling. Yeah. And the second is the the locker room, the camaraderie of people yeah. there. What, what do you
1: miss? Um, You know, I still go to the gym, so I can still have that camaraderie in the gym and meet people in the gym and stuff like that. Um, I don't say I miss it, because that was then, and this is now. And I feel very, like, I can look back on my sports career, and of course, some things could be better. I could have avoided injury, probably, but that would change the whole trajectory of my life, and where I am now is a good place, I feel... I feel good, I feel happy, So, and, and I know that I give 100% to that, so it's like I can put it to bed and I, feel, I don't look back and say, oh, what if I would tried a bit harder, you know, there's none of that, so I feel very satisfied with that part of my life, and that put me where I am now, that put me in this chair and I'm talking to you and people are listening. If I didn't win six Mr. Olympia titles, nobody's listening to me, so I have a platform which i try to use for a positive purpose what is one thing that bodybuilding taught you well obviously it taught me uh discipline it taught me uh planning and goal setting it taught me visualization it taught me uh the the power of the mind and the the thought and the like mental rehearsal and and all this stuff That you you can apply this to anything that you want to do. You want to build a business, you need a plan. You need a structure. You need a discipline. You need to do this at this time. And you need to have a, where are we going to be in 12 months and and 14 months and all this kind of stuff. So it it can apply to anything. That discipline is the thing that I learned, which I already think I had innately. Anyway, it was already there, but they really uh, fine-tuned it. I, uh, I love that because
0: you know people think they they just see the contest and they they just see the tip of the iceberg and you know translating that the the whole thing is it's not that you push or pull something with with more kilos or something it's it's about the process yeah. and it's about the the exercise behind and it's about what you learn from there and be able to translate in something else. Because finally, it's a performance process. It's it's not bodybuilding, it's not basketball, it's not football, it's it's sport. It's a performance process process like it's anything else.
1: Well, the thing about bodybuilding is the actual competition is not the competition. The competition is just, here's the end product. (laughs) The competition was every day for the last year leading up, and here's the end result of the competition. The actual competition is in the gym, and I think that's why some people maybe find bodybuilding hard to understand. There's some guys in their underwear standing on stage with big muscles. Yeah, but do you realize what it took to get to look like that? How much work, how much dedication, how much discipline? You don't see any of that. You just see the guy on the stage where a basketball or a race or a boxing match, you knock the guy out or you go across the line and it's entertaining to watch because it's a competition. Where bodybuilding is not so entertaining and not so easy to understand because just seeing a guy on a stage. But if you knew what it took to get there, then you would have a lot of appreciation for it.
0: Dorian, thank you very much, and and uh, I can't wait to read this this book from the shadow. Uh, it's your biography, and thank you for giving me this. You're I, I can't wait man. to to to
1: yeah, read. Yeah, that it. takes the, the the reader through the journey of who I am, where I came from, and, um, you know, how I got to where I was in bodybuilding, where I am now. So the whole story, as well as I can remember, is in there. (laughs) It's quite uh, um, revealing when you go to write your autobiography, what you can remember, what you can't remember, and then is this timeline or that timeline. So in the end, I did my best to get most of it in there. It took a couple of years, but uh, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I bet. I mean... uh... It's a great exercise and it's a great
0: way to look back at some extraordinary things you did. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And uh, I wish you all the best and keep keep inspiring people like you inspired
1: the, me today and you inspire Thanks. others. Well, we had the DY Games just recently this weekend, which was a bunch of competitions, five cities around uh, Romania and the finals in Bucharest uh, to promote... You know, just training, uh, that it's fun. We had kids' competitions, women's, men's, and uh, we're going to be expanding on that uh, the next year. So we look forward to a, a bigger DUI Games, and I hope that you'll come along yourself to watch next year. I'll, I'll do that. All I'll right. do that. Cool, man. Thank you very much. Thanks. So, like always, uh,
0: extraordinary time with Dorian, and uh, looking back, uh, I learned a lot and uh, I learned it's a journey through a sport that gives you a lot of a lot of mental power and uh, like always you can find it you can find this podcast on social media on Spotify on any big platform of podcast I'm uh, waiting for your um, options of people to come next to me to tell their stories until then Sport La treba Thank <laughs> you.